0: And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. To launch us off, we're going to start off in
1: uh, Ephesians 2 and 20. Again, that's Ephesians verse 2, verse 20. We have a group of people here that need to be established in Christ, amen. That is paramount. That's always been a paramount to me that we be established in Christ and know what it means to be established in Christ. Amen. And what Paul here is going to explain to them is what Christ looks like. What does he look like? And if, we, if we're talking about a building, if we're talking about building something that this this new thing that, that Christ has put into the life of Paul. He's saying something to them. Amen. So again, let's read it here. And we're going to use this as a launching off point before we really establish some things. Amen. Ephesians 2 and 20 says. And are built upon the foundations of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Amen. The chief cornerstone cornerstone amen (laughs) amen now what is a cornerstone (laughs) amen um you know as always the bible always speaks in terms that the people of the time would understood amen so if they said the word cornerstone they would have understood it as something that you build with amen but for us it may not be so clear so You know, let's get some establishment of what the word cornerstone is, man. So I always like to see what the world takes their their, their mind and and what they come up with. amen. And the very first definition of the word cornerstone uh, in the Oxford Dictionary says that it is an important quality or feature on which a particular thing depends or is based upon i read that again. It is an important quality or a feature on which a particular thing depends or is based upon. So Paul is here, if we can use the definition that we understand a cornerstone to be today. He is saying that there have been apostles and prophets that came before. They've preached the word. They've gotten revelations from Jesus. They've gotten revelations of Jesus. Amen. But don't lose sight that the cornerstone, the the thing that you are searching for, the thing that you're trying to grasp for is Jesus. And he is the chief cornerstone. Amen. He is of the utmost importance of what you are and what you need in your life. Amen. If you could put my exhibit up that I sent in. So I got two exhibits here, Um, and so there's reference, when I'm talking about the one on the left, I'm talking about that one on the left, when I'm talking about the one on the right, we're talking about the one on the right, all right? So the one on the left, that is the one on the left, this is a representation of a cornerstone on a building, okay? So this long cylindrical part is absolutely important. Because if this part is taken out of this wall, of this building, the whole thing collapses. And I also want to take y'all a look at this, you know, because a lot of us take a look at at things and we want things that are beautiful. Amen. We want things that look so neat and so uh, it has 90 degree angles. But do you see how 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 almost a little deformed this, this image is right here. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, to the dismay of a lot of the Israelites, they, they thought Jesus was going to come up in, in a shining array. They thought Jesus was going to come up and just be the most beautiful thing out there. And trust me, Jesus is the most beautiful thing out there. But he came as a man and he came lowly so he can come and really be that chief cornerstone. He didn't want to come like all the rest of the people that were before him, all of the, the, the Sanhedrin, the people that come, and come to establish their kingdom because we see that their kingdoms fall, amen. Take me to my second image. So we also have a cornerstone in this image. The cornerstone would be the very center there, amen. Now this is what be, would be the cornerstone of a gate or um, as you see some type of structure that is you know, probably housing something that's going into something. The same concept applies. You see how, again, it's not the perfect 90 degree angle, amen. It's not the, the perfect thing that you would think would be holding up this wall, but if you take that piece out, this whole wall is gonna fall and crumble. See, these is the image that Paul was looking to when he was explaining this to the Ephesians. Look at this building. Look at this gate, this wall. If you take that piece out, this whole thing is going to crumble and fall down. And Paul knew that you had to establish this truth in your heart or else you would fall astray. Amen. Oh, I get so excited about this. So, you know, again, as we look back to my definition, it said an important quality or feature on which a particular thing depends on or based upon. That's certainly what this image is showing us. That wall is depending on that. But they gave me a secondary definition. It says that it is a stone that forms the base of a corner of a building or a wall joining two walls. It, And when it said joining two walls, that spoke to my heart because Jesus was able to join the spirit realm with the natural realm. Amen. So we can have a natural experience. Amen. Do you see that this wall here would not be able to exist? Unless Jesus Christ was right there in the middle. We can't have a sane natural experience unless we got Jesus in the center of our life. He is the thing that bridges our, the spiritual things of God, the good things, the perfect things of God with our natural experiences. And he holds them together. Amen? Jesus is also this wall in it that he represents an image that is fully God and fully man. Working perfectly and coinciding one together. Holding together. Jesus is also the gap that bridges the faulty relationship that we had as a people with God. Our sinful natures. Jesus is the one that is able to connect us back to God. And Jesus is the one that will forever be the one that connects us back to God. (laughs) <laughs> you know in my deep dive in my study you know in the, the hebrew word for what this represents right here in hebrew it would be pina uh that's p-i-n-n-a-h pina and that's where we get our word the word pinnacle right and then it, and just just always like to let people know what the greek word would be is agroginian. again that's agroginian. That's where we would get our word agriculture. I mean, agriculture, architecture. But let's focus in on the word pina. I always, I always like to find, you know, little interesting tidbits that, that God is just, I always believe God is personally speaking to me because that he knows that I like to find little things like that. Let, let's, let's turn to Matthew 4, 5, and let's go through verses 5 through 7. Again, that's Matthew 4, 5, verse 1 through, uh, 5 through 7. Again, the word in Hebrew for what we just looked at, the cornerstone is pinna. And that's where we get our word. From the the, the word that we get today is pinnacle. All right. So now we have here in Matthew four and five, we have the devil about to tempt Jesus. And and. (laughs) Lord, when I read this, I was like, I got so excited. Let, let's read Matthew uh, 5 here. It says, then the devil taken him up into the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple. Jesus uh, was taken up by the devil. The devil tried to take him to a place. That, that's more deep than we have time for, but he tried to take him to a place where he... He was uh, he was he was already the head of our lives. He was already the, the highest thing in our lives. But the, the devil thought he was doing something. Amen. The devil thought he was un- interpreting things correctly. Amen. All right. Now let's go to verse six. It said, and the devil said this to them and he said unto him, if thou be the son of man, then even the devil don't even identify him, Doesn't even know who he's speaking to. Cast thyself down, for it is written, he sh- shall give his angels charge concerning thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against the stone. Have mercy, Lord. So we have the devil here trying to take him to the place that, where that he, he, God is high and lifted up. That's the place he belongs. But the devil was trying to put him there as if he knew the right thing. And then he quotes this is uh, he's quoting Psalms 91, a a faulty misinterpretation of Psalm 91, because this is what Jesus responds to in verse seven. Verse seven says, Jesus said unto him, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. That means that Jesus was the Lord thy God. That means that the devil didn't know who he was speaking to. How can I dash my foot against the stone when I am the stone? How can you take me to the place that I am? I am the pinnacle. I am the head. I am the alpha. I am the omega. I am the beginning and end. So how can you tempt me when I am the God? conscious of this people because this is something that the devil did you you can read scripture but you don't understand it the devil was trying to and, and that's and that pastor tells us this all the time you, you think that the devils and the, the devil's minions they don't know scripture they know scripture too but we have a heart to understand it let's continue to have the heart to understand what god is trying to tell us in these scriptures Misquoting the scripture, not knowing who he was talking about, not knowing who he's talking to. Amen. Amen. Oh my God. That got me so excited when I saw that. So we have the devil, and he's going to tell me another time, but again, we just don't have time for that. We have the devil not knowing what he was talking about, not knowing, not knowing who he was talking to. And we have to be careful of that. We have to be very, very careful of that. We have to be careful to understand who the God we serve is. And we have to be careful to know that a poor foundation or a poor understanding of what a foundation is will lead to our destruction. If you could turn to Psalms 118.22. We have here in this verse that's about to come up on the screen. We have in a, a verse explaining that there are people that have gone their lives. There are people that have gone about their lives, not truly understanding the, the need for God in their lives. You know, this psalm here was most likely written by by David, but historians don't know. But we have a person that has come to the end of themselves. We have a person that has come to know that this verse says the stone which the builders refuse is the head stone of the corner. Let me read a little bit further up for context. Back on 19, it says, open to me the gates of righteousness and I will go into them. And I will praise the Lord, and this gate of the Lord, in which the righteous shall enter, and I will praise thee, for thou hast heard me, and art thy, and art has become my salvation. And the stone which the builders refuse has become the headstone of the corner. So we have here, we have. I, I use this to, to bridge this over here because if we don't understand, just like the, the children of Israel, what Christ is, we're going to be on shaky ground. We're going to be just like the devil, misquoting scripture. We're going to be just like people that don't know where the di- where direction is or don't know who the head of their life is. Because they are people that refuse to acknowledge Jesus as the chief cornerstone. There are people that refuse to understand that, hey, my kingdom doesn't look like lavish and gold and and pearls and rubies. My kingdom is to save everyone. That's what my kingdom looks like. And because of that, they refused it. And they didn't see him as head. They didn't see him as the thing that was holding the building together. And it led to their demise. In Zechariah, We see that and this and then Zechariah was uh, in time when they was bringing the children of Israel. They were coming back from captivity, back from the Babylonian captivity. And Zechariah pleaded to the people to turn back to God and truly look for the fulfillment in the promise. Truly look for the fulfillment of God's promise that he promised them before they went into exile. So now we have. Jesus on the scene, the fulfillment, and they couldn't recognize it because their heart had grown so cold. Their hearts had grown in such a manner that they only looked at life as the way they saw it. They only saw things in the way they needed to. Let's turn to Zechariah 6. Zechariah 6 says, And then he answered and spoken to me, saying, this is the word unto Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel is the uh, royal priest line from David's line. And he's he's saying this to him. He's saying, this is how you rebuild my kingdom. This is how you establish my kingdom. He says, it's not going to be by might. It's not going to be by power but it's going to be by my spirit saith the Lord and he can say thou art O greater mountain before Zubarel, it shall be a plain the troubles that trouble you though they look as a mountain I will make them as a plain something that's flat something that's conquered you'll level it out in the name of Jesus and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with a shouting, "Oh, there goes the headstone again!" He'll bring the headstone forth with a shouting. That was Zachariah four and six, by the way. And he'll cry, "Grace, grace unto it!" There go that headstone again. I, I love when God peppers Jesus throughout the Old Script, oh, the Old Testament. He's, he's, he's telling Zerubbabel here that you think that you're going to win this battle or win these people back over by might, by being hard on them. You think you're going to be win these people by, back by power, by being well established in the community, by being a powerful person. No, the Lord's going to win them over by his spirit and his spirit alone. And what he's going to use? That headstone. Jesus Christ. Amen. See, we always look at things the way we see them. <laughs> That's the flesh. That's the flesh. That's our human nature. We're, we in ourselves are designed to see common sense. Amen. There's nothing wrong with having common sense. There's nothing wrong with looking at things and saying, oh, well, that looks square. I believe it's square. But when Jesus comes on the scene, you have to submit to him because he is a greater power. He is a greater thing for you. Amen. Amen. So let's circle back to our initial scripture. Now, now do we know what a cornerstone is. Now, now we know that people that fail to Know what the cornerstone is? Let's circle back to our, our topic text today, Ephesians two and twenty. Again, that's Ephesians two and twenty, and I'm gonna start at verse eighteen. Um, you can say on twenty though. So it says, "For them, him, for, excuse me, for through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers." Or foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone amen he's talking to these Ephesians he's telling these Ephesians hey you have been in this world you've tried the things of this world you've tried to do things in your own power you've tried to do things in your own might, and some of you will have been consumed by this world some of you have been beat up by this world absolutely destroyed by this world but god sent help god sent jesus to restore you back into right relationship And not only right relationship, he calls you to be a part of this building, a part of this family, a part of this thing that is we're going to go on to the rest of creation with. And it all starts. With Jesus. The chief cornerstone. The chief cornerstone. Verse 21 says in whom. All the building fitly framed together unto the holy temple unto the Lord, in whom ye are also built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Through the Spirit. Hallelujah. Use me, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. For you that don't think you're not a part of God's building, know that you're a part of God's building. If we can establish that, hey, first, he's the cornerstone. Go back, go, let's go back to those images right quick. Go Come on. Let's go back to those images right quick. Whether you're looking at the wall or you're looking at the gate. If we can establish that this right here is Jesus, then you can see where you fit in. Somebody over here is evangelizing, amen. Somebody over here is prophesying, amen. Somebody over here is right now going out in the community. Somebody is over here doing what they need to do right now, Father God, for their family. Somebody is over here doing right now what thus says the Lord. And it all will break down if this center part wasn't right here. We're not built on miry clay. We're built on a solid foundation. We're not built on something... It is destructible. We're built on something that's incorruptible and that is not destructible. We're established in Jesus Christ. Amen. And that should get you going. When you see that you're part of this wall, part of this gate that God has built, that should get you going. Once we were aliens to God, people without a way or without a cause. But God it's telling us that Jesus established he established Jesus so we can be a part of his building. You can't come to it based off your socioeconomic um, standing. You can't come to it based on your position in the community. But you have to come to it humbly. And accept this as the way that God wants it to be. Sometimes we just have to say, God, this is what you want. This ain't what I want, but this God, this is what you want. Sometimes we have to stop being so tight that nothing can get in. And God doesn't want us to be so tight that nothing gets in. God wants us to be well-established, built on something that is truly a good house. You know, as I was again studying this, a a story came to me that ain't came back to me in years. I know you all may know it, but it's the story of the three little pigs. <laughs> <It's> the <laughs> and, it, and then apparently, you know, I, I had always heard one version. When I was doing my study and my research, there were several versions of this. And there was a version of it where the, the pigs were getting eaten as they were transitioning between. But thank God they're still preachers too. Amen. <laughs> I always heard, heard the version where they were going to house to house, you know, one blow down and then they go to the brother's house. The other one blow down and the other one. But the ones I read today, like, oh, they was they was getting eaten. <laughs> But that preaches preachers too. Amen. <laughs> so we, we have the three little pigs. Amen. And, and we have the big bad wolf. Amen. Amen. And we have the big bad wolf that he huffs and he puffs and he blows the house down. Amen. Amen. And as all of us would like to think, I don't always like to give him that much credit, but for the sake of the story, we'll say the big bad wolf is the devil. Amen. I don't see him as that way, but for the sake of the story, the big bad wolf. Amen. And then we have three. We'll call three men of God. Amen. Or women. Amen. Or do I do like pastor. Or women. It's all. It's all free. <laughs> and it said one of them built their house out of straw. Amen. Now, straw, amen. Again, as we know, it's a a brittle substance. Amen. You get one piece of straw in your hand, you can crush it with your hand. Amen. Straw here represents the individual that puts little to no effort into what they're doing for God. Amen. For that matter of fact, the person that built the house out of straw probably didn't even build it themselves, amen. They probably used a tractor, amen. They probably hired somebody to build this house for them. Come on now, we have people in the body of Christ that put little to no effort into their soul's salvation. Little to no effort to serving God. So the big bath will comes, comes to the house, and he blows that house down instantly. It's like the wolf was made to be able to blow the house down because it was so easy for him. Again, for the sake of the story, the person, the man of God that was in that house, he runs to the next brother house. Amen. In most stories, again, that wolf is going to eat that pig. Amen. <laughs> because he can't run. You're right. I didn't think about that. He can't run that fast <laughs> and he's going to get told by that by that wolf. I'm trying to tell you. All right, but he goes to the to the next one's house. We know from history, amen. That the next house is built out of sticks, amen. Now the person that builds their house out of sticks, th- there's some effort, amen. There's some effort. There, there's some planning, but there is nothing that truly has that holding power, amen. You have to be careful of this kind because it looks like it'll hold, but it won't. You have to make sure the content that you learn about Jesus truly has that deutemous power, amen, truly has that stay right power, amen, truly has that keep me going power. Because otherwise, there's something that's gonna be penetrating you, amen there'll be something that's gonna come down your street, come down your block, down your alley that you weren't ready for, that you weren't expecting. And before you know it, you're in the belly of somebody. you in the belly of foolishness. you in the belly of turmoil. Because what you thought was solid information, was concrete information, was not able to hold you. Amen? Again, for the sake of our story, both brothers escaped out of that house, <laughs> and they went on to the final house. Now, the last one. He built his house out of brick. Amen. Now, that took a lot of planning. And like, like Pastor Liza said, that took a lot of time. <laughs> I bet you in that brick house, he had a prayer closet. Amen. I bet you in that brick house for sure there was a cornerstone there was a rooted and established on good morals everything that is good everything that is holy everything that is prosperous everything that is good for God's glory was in that house these are the people that build fellowship with God and build relationship with God and when the enemy comes they're not able to be moved here and fro and again for the sake of our stories not only that they're able to help our brothers and sisters in christ because that's our job we all have, at one point have been in a straw house we all at one point have been in a stick house but thank god we are rooted in jesus christ The brick house. Jesus is a brick house. (laughs) He is mighty, mighty. Amen. (laughs) He's mighty, mighty. (laughs) Don't get me started up here. God, God knows God knows that the enemy is going to come. He he was very aware of this. He, He knew that you would face trials and struggles. He did not promise you a buttery smooth life. But when trouble does come, he said he did promise you a way of escape. He did promise you that if you are established in me, I will also be in you. He promised you that he would never leave you or forsake you. That's a promise. He promised you that he would be with you even until the ends of the earth. That's a promise. That's a promise. And how do you know this promise? You get into your word and read it. It's right there. It's right there in the clause. It's right there in the agreement. You know, going back to the three little pigs, I think a lot of them, when their contractors were building their house, they didn't read the contract. Because <laughs> you know, you know, working where I work, I, I read a lot of contracts sometimes, and people be coming back to me complaining, like, "Why are you not telling me this? Why are you not this?" Well, it's right there. If you would have just read it, you would have known. It is written. (laughs) It is written in the contract. And you know what contract that we have? We have God's Word. God's Word will live beyond all of us. Jesus, what He established has lived beyond what he was back in those days. So what makes you think it won't live past us right now? I believe that God is speaking to us all at this time because he wants to find people that are willing to listen. That are willing to hear. That are willing to know that if you put me first, if you put me as the chief cornerstone of your life, of your finances, of your family, your children, your dog, your cat, whatever. Then I'll make it good. He'll make it good. We're the church. We're the church. And the church is not going to die because God's word said it wouldn't. Builders may go. Builders may topple over. But if you're in God, you're the church. And he has promised us that he'll be there with us. Through all of it, he will be there with us. So get ready to close. I just want us to review. What God has for us. God said this this scripture about the cornerstone in several points of scripture. And I, I always like to leave you with a few things you can go home and study. He said in Acts 4, 11 through 12, Matthew 21, 42 through 44, 1 Peter 2, 4 through 7, and Isaiah 28. They all talk about the cornerstone. They all talk about Jesus. They all talk about What is important in your life? And why is it important to establish these things before you focus on anything else? We're so focused on this, this, and this when we should be first focused on Jesus Christ. So, again, in closing, I, I want us to review our lives. Review it. Are we truly truly focusing on the right things? Are we truly focusing on putting God and Jesus first? Are we truly letting him reign and rule our life and be the cornerstone? Be the thing that is holding us together? Being the thing that that really holds us together as people as in, this, in this society that we live in so we don't fall. I can argue that if you're if you constantly fall, that you haven't truly established your position with Jesus Christ. That's a solid that's that's a solid argument. If you're constantly falling, back in, back out, back in, back out, hopscotching, you haven't truly took Jesus fully in your life. You haven't come over to the idea that He's taking care of you. I got to go get it, man. I got to go do what I got to do. I got to go make the bag or get the bag, whatever the bag has, whatever the bag needs to get done with the bag. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all things, all these things will be added into you. Let's truly evaluate that. And for anybody that's out there, amen that has not taken Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Let this be an opportunity right now to take him as your Lord and Savior. Take him as your Lord and Savior. Get connected to the cornerstone so the rest of your life will work out. Repeat after me, It says, Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins. And that you rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart. And I invite you to come into my life. I want to trust in you and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Lord, I make you the head of my life. And I accept Jesus Christ today. Lord, you're my chief cornerstone. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand please. praise. Hallelujah.
0: Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m., and the morning service begins at 11, and the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.